It's a good day. All right. So obviously you guys join him once again. Always appreciate it. Um, this is big for, you know, Joe and I doing this podcast. We started this in June. We finally have got it onto Zoom. People can see our faces. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess without that, let's. let's so now we can know if everything's working out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So where do you guys, you know, we got a lot, we got a lot to talk about. We were going to do this Friday and, you know, some things yep. came up on my end and then everybody else's end. And then it was Thanksgiving this weekend here in Canada. So it was right. tricky. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Jake. People across the border. And then today worked out perfectly. So, um, <laughs> it was hard for us. We wanted to do a podcast Friday, right? Like, you know, Neil, you and I were talking about doing it Friday, but yep. <laughs> We just kept making so many moves. Like Fitzgerald, it seemed like just wouldn't go to bed. So yeah, I was like, no, all right. Do you think, do you think the GM cares that oh. we would podcast it on Friday? <laughs> not, well, no, not, 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 not really. <laughs> not, 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 not really. But it was just, we just kind of waited until it kind of calmed down a bit before we got started. So I guess we're, um, you know, I mean, we can't be, we're not, we're not fully safe because it's only seven o'clock. And since every move has been at like 9 p.m. or later, um, you know, it, we, we, we don't know. We don't yeah, know there could be something that happens during this podcast. I mean, we're, we're already hearing with, um, we're already hearing that possibly Fitzgerald is still working on something else. What he did with, um, with Andreas Janssen. I don't, I don't really know what exactly that is. Um, but if I were to guess, if I were to guess, I'm going to throw a really, really crazy one out there. I think the Devils are trying to get trying to get Max Pacioretty from Vegas. Mm. Pacioretty's name has been thrown around. Um, and other than Nate Schmidt, because obviously we just found out just as we jumped on here that Alex Petrangelo is officially signing with Vegas, which I don't think anybody here would say that they're surprised by that. I think that no. was coming. I think we knew that. Um, you know, Nate Schmidt is going to be somebody that they're, that they're going to have to move. Um, and Pacioretty's name was thrown out as well. He has a pretty, I think he has a pretty, not a hefty contract, but a pretty sizable one. Something like five, five and a half million, I think. He's yeah, still, he doesn't yeah. contracts, but like the length was never good with the Pacioretty contract. But when it comes to AAV with Max Pacioretty, he's always, his cap hit has never been like a cap hit. You're like, okay, like I have to stay away from Max Pacioretty because yeah. that cap hit is bad. Yeah. They're definitely going to have to move someone because it looks like Vegas gave Piet. Let me check my phone, but I think they gave Piet Trangelo seven, seven years, seven, eight point eight. Yeah, yeah per year. Yeah. Where is that money Pet, coming from? Well, they're gonna. Like, someone's on the move. A couple people move. probably. At least three or four, maybe even five guys are on the move. I mean, first of all, Mark Andre Fleury is going to have to get moved somehow. Yeah. And unfortunately, Vegas has waited too long because most of the goalies that you know were on the free agent market have already been picked up a lot of yeah them, i don't know where he's going yeah i'm not really sure either um nate schmidt is i mean his name is he was supposedly traded to the panthers yesterday and then he was not <laughs> traded to the panthers so that was weird that was yeah weird. so i don't know what's gonna happen there um yeah they're definitely gonna have to do something here in the next yeah. i don't know a few days to get the money for pietrangelo so it'll be interesting to see if the devil's kind of they decide to get into talks with Vegas. I could see maybe a couple of players that interest them. But. I, got well, I know. I know they I were also thinking about moving um, Jonathan Marcheseau as well. Marcheseau would be oh. pretty great. 
I mean, I got awesome. another one. You can score. What about Riley Smith? I love uh, Riley Smith. Alex Tuck. I'm not. That, I like wanna, Riley look, Smith better than Tuck. It would be great to get either one of those, but I just don't think Vegas is going to be willing to give up them unless they. Yeah, really I agree there no too. I don't unless they're in a situation where they here, have no choice. Yeah, I agree. Here's where I. They're they're right at the cap, but with 1.8 million dollars left, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to move somebody. They may have to move like at least three guys. Like Toronto's already made a bunch of moves. These guys are going to make even more moves with yeah. the way the cap for them is even strict. Right, and Toronto's so, and Toronto's at something like what seven hundred thousand seven yeah seven hundred thousand on the cap, and they're they're still having to make moves. So I think that I think that Fitzgerald, the reason why he said today and he said several times why he's been super patient is because he understands that a lot of teams are going to have to make drastic moves over the next couple of weeks, and he's just waiting everything out and see what's going on. Um, and then you also heard that he's not, he's not averse to giving up prospects either. So that kind of puts you in a situation where you say, well, that, that puts us in, that puts us in rumors with basically any big name player that's out there in the trade market. So I don't know if that means that all of a sudden the devils are back in the, the Patrick line discussion. I mean, line names kind of died down over the last couple of pretty much the last week, I would say, because I haven't heard anything about anybody calling i think teams have given up on patrick line i think i i I even think the flyers have given up i don't think they're i don't think they're interested anymore or they probably just feel like the price is just too much considering the situation but you know i think it just depends on what exactly uh what exactly you know fitzgerald wants i don't know if andreas jansen is going to be that top six winger that we were talking about or that the devil said that they were trying to get I don't have a problem with him being a top six winger because I think he would do well, regardless whether he played on the first or second line. But, you know, we, I think they still need to get a top four defenseman and I still think they need to get another top six winger. Um, but it all just depends on, you know, what's available and what, what Fitzgerald can do. Yeah. Like for, for good, goodness sakes, like last year, you look at um, Hughes and, a um, couple of other young guys, you know, are super fleet of foot. Um, Janssen br- brings that speed and dynamic, uh, we, like a little bit scoring touch to like a, a second and first line. And he was kind of shackled in Toronto um, with that kind of play. And I believe he could compliment a Jack Hughes' speed. And, you know, I was talking to someone about foot speed being the problem last year, like Wayne Simmons, Rooney, or Hayden with Hughes, um, really brought down the speed level of that third line, which to me was just laughable. And I just, I'm glad that, you know, Hines is not our coach anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm much happier now that Lindy Ruff is our guy. And Mark Recchi spoke last night on another podcast. Mm-hmm. We all know good friends of show actually and i said it'd be a it was a fresh breath of salt air uh to have mark Recchi talking about these important things about these individual players yeah um i think i'm glad you brought up lindy ruff because i think you know we've seen um andreas Janssen like you know he did well he kind of struggled it seemed under a bit under shelvin keith 
um, kind of a new coach, but it seems like under a veteran coach, like, you know, Mike Babcock's been around the league a long time. He got the best, it seemed, out of Andreas Janssen because, like, two years ago, Andreas Janssen put up 20 goals. I mean, yeah. mind, you, mind you, he was also playing with, you know, Marner and Tavares and Austin Matthews, which is also good. Like, you know, I got a bunch, a bunch of buddies who are Leafs fans, and they have said, like, you know, he's he's going to be, like, a, in a grinder role, and he's going to – he's speed – but he's inconsistent. But if you put him with the skilled, skilled players, he'll succeed, which is good. But I mean, it change. He could come in and do really well on our first and second line. Mm -hmm. I think is obviously what we want because we want players playing with Nico and and Jack to help them take their games to the next level. I think we have no question that Nico's going to do it. It's just a matter of when. And Jack Hughes. If they say put his put on as much muscle as he has, he can step up to the plate here next season and definitely the season after. But they got to get players to play around him. But when all is said and done, we still got question marks going into next off season. Like Palmieri's due for a contract extension here. Gusev's due due for a contract extension here. You know Blackwood and Bratt's gonna get done. It's just a matter of when it gets done. Those ones kind of get pushed to the back burners, it seems, until you figure out what other moves you've made till you know what's going on. And it'll get done. Um, I assume Blackwood's going to be a bridge deal. I don't know if it'll be a long-term contract just yet. I could see them going the long-term route because they seem to do that with their young guys. And then that way, it, you know, brings the AAV down a bit. Yep. But when all is said and done, when this team's like contenders and stuff, and you've got Alexander Holtz playing in the lineup and Dawson Mercer and stuff like that, are we going to be sitting here again saying Andreas Janssen's on our second line or our first line? At that point, when we're contending, I hope for me, you have Andreas Janssen playing on your third line, adding even more scoring to your bottom six on your third line. And then you have your guys up at the top that are, you know, filling the net and stuff like your Nolan Foots and, you know, your, your Holtzes, your Mercers and, you know, whoever else steps up to the plate. But I mean, that's where I am. I got thinking about the Palmieri thing again today. And I mean, they have, Alex has mentioned, and he's spot on here. They have, he has time, like Fitzgerald has time, like, He's got till the deadline, basically, of next season to make a decision on, on Palmieri. But mm -hmm. where I'm at is if he's not signed close to the deadline, trade him. Get something for him like you did with Hall and, you know, bring more assets back in to help us keep moving this process along. But I also got thinking about it, and I was like, you know, if we do sign Palmieri to a four- or five-year extension, it's not the worst thing in the world because when Holtz is coming in, and, you know, he's finally going to be hitting his prime and stuff at 25 or 26. Mm -hmm. Then Palmieri will probably be starting to, you know, fizzle out and move on as he's getting older. But if Holtz comes in at, like, you know, 20 or 21 or even 19, and you have Palmieri and Holtz as your two right wingers in your top six, I mean, the Devils are looking pretty good on the right side there for their top line. So, I mean, that's where I'm at. And I think that's where Lindy Roth will come in. Um, he did obviously great things for Danny Briere when he went over to Buffalo when he was with Phoenix back in the day. And he took those young Sabres players to a whole new level there. They were pretty unstoppable. And I think it was 06 and 05 and 06. 
They had back-to-back -back runs to the conference finals, and then they had a young team in 99. Obviously, Hasek kind of helped carry them there. Was, there's no doubt in his talent, but that just shows you the kind of coach that Lindy Ruff is. Like, he brought the best out of Klingberg, Sagan, and Ben. He can clearly do it with Heischer and Hughes. So, I mean, that's where I stand. I don't know what you guys think on that, but. Yeah, I think from just looking at the between Andreas Johnson and um, Lindy Ruff, I'm, they're going to base, if we're going off what Ruff did with the Stars, it's probably going to be a more offensive, fast-paced Devils team going forward. And Andreas Johnson's strength is his offense, or at least what he provides at even strength. So if that's the case, I could see him benefiting from playing in an offensive system like Ruff's. Um, it's not to say he's going to be like a 60, 70 point player anytime soon, but, you know, 20 goals and, you know, maybe 40, 45, even 50 points is not impossible. So, uh, you know, the way the team is structured right now, I could definitely see him playing somewhere in the top six, uh, whether it's with Nico or Jack. I think there's a lot of options you can do because, Johnson can play both wings. He's not just a left winger. He, he plays both sides. So yeah. uh, I think that'll help a lot as well. Um, before, before whoever's, you know, whoever's going next, um, yeah. before you guys go, I just want to tell you that Petrangelo, Stone, Pacioretty, and Fleury make a combined 32.3 million of Vegas's cap space. And Vegas might as I mean, they're, they're going for it, right? So they're in like a win now mode, I guess, but they're 6.9 million, so 7 million over the cap now. And they gave Alex Petrangelo a full no movement clause with a seven year contract. Yeah, quite easy. Yeah, so Nate so Schmidt's down. definitely gone because the last that's few years six, of that contract. contract off. It sounds like they brought down the price uh, intentionally on Schmidt. Yeah. Sounds like it's, it's definitely a contract uh, talking about Petrangelo. It's a contract that Vegas is going to regret within the next two years, um, especially if. Vegas is no longer contending and their main core players that you just mentioned um, they're pretty much going to get close to the wrong side of 30 and that's going to be a problem um, because a lot of these teams in the National Hockey League uh, who are who are able to make consistent runs deep into the playoffs one of the things that they have an advantage of is they have a lot of youth uh, I don't really see a lot of youth with Vegas I see a lot of veteran experience I see a lot of talent no question and I think that in normal times, they probably would have gotten past Dallas in the conference finals. But when you're facing a team that has all the momentum and has all what I call juju going, you know, there isn't much anything you can really do. And playoff hockey is more predictable than anything else that we've seen. But, you know, Vegas, they had no expectations their first year. And then they got to the Stanley Cup finals. Then the year before, the year after, they got knocked out after low, blowing a three games to one lead in the first round of San Jose. This year they get to the conference finals. You know, they feel like that they have a team that is capable of winning a Stanley Cup. And I can totally understand why when you look at the talent that they have. But now that they're six, seven million dollars well over the cap, there is no question that they are going to have to move two or three guys. Um, and that's one of the reasons why Pacioretty's name has been brought up because I think out of all of those core guys, Pacioretty is the one that they're the most okay with moving on from, from the forward group because of his injuries. Also the fact you have to remember he was out the majority of this year. And even I think he was out the first, what, seven, eight, nine games of the postseason this year. He was out for a while. 
So they're 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 probably wondering, you know, is he, he stay healthy, you know, down the stretch when we need him? Who knows? I think Pacioretty's still a very talented player. I think he can still give you 30, 35 goals. I think he is capable of doing that. Um, but I think because of his contract and the situation that Vegas is in, he might be one of those guys, along with Nate Schmidt, that's probably going to end up being moved. Uh, another guy that I think might actually be moved, and I think this is more of a surprise than anything else, is White Cloud. I think that's somebody that actually people are going to call Vegas about. And even though it wouldn't be necessarily salary dump, it would still be a salary dump from the standpoint of, you know, you're at least getting a little bit of money, you know, and a little bit of flexibility. Um, it would obviously hurt their decor, but it might be a move Vegas might have no say in the matter. It might just be something that they have to do, but they will have to make moves. I don't know who they're going to make moves to. There's not a lot of teams out there that have cap space um, other than obviously the team that we are talking about, but you know, it'll be interesting, but I think that was, I, I think, I think, I think the Golden Knights should have tried to convince him to take a three or four year deal instead of a seven, eight year deal, whatever it was. Um, and I just think it's going to be something that's going to really hurt them uh, down the road. And I'm glad that the Devils, uh, at least from what we know, was not even going to take a chance on trying to bring that guy in. No, if we were, if we were, con- before I go on, it says up here in the meeting that it says 40 minutes. So I'm hoping it doesn't cut us out here after 40 minutes. It'll, it'll cut us out after 40 minutes. So I would. Uh, Expanded to like. Yeah. And what, one you know, I mean, one option that you could do is uh, you can, when this one ends, um, you could just create another, create another um, Zoom call. And we could just keep going and you could just take both parts and put them together. Okay. So. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. So, yeah, when we get when we get close to it, you know, we could just say like that's the end of part one, and then we'll just do part two and we'll go from there. Yeah, but what I want to bring up is right now I'm just checking cap friendly. Um, it's the Senators with over 27 million, the Rangers with over 18.8, uh, Red Wings with 18.7. Um, you have our team with 18.3 million. You have the Preds at over 13.6 and. Same thing with the Sabres, and you have uh, the Blue Jackets, uh, Kings, uh, Panthers, and Bruins all in the uh, 10 plus million and up club in cap space. So you got a bunch of other teams competing, but there might be some internal cap crunching, if you will. Um, what Elliot Freeman was talking about earlier, like last week. Mm-hmm. So some teams might have a little bit shorter uh, cap limit. Yeah, there's not a lot of teams that can come in there and help Vegas. Uh, the Devils are obviously one of them, um, but it, it depends what Vegas is willing to give up. Um, if it's a bad contract like Flurry's, it would have had to include like a pretty insane sweetener for the Devils to take that on. And now that they have Corey Crawford, that's not happening. So um, I guess next up would be Nate Schmidt, but he's going to be 30 years old soon, and he's got like a cap hit of close to $6 million for like another four years, I think. So not really sure that appeals to the Devils. Uh, after that, Patch Reddy's probably a little bit in the same boat as Schmidt. He's, what, 31 now, I think, and he's got like four years left on his deal. Um, I think Riley Smith would appeal to them, but I don't know if Vegas is willing to trade him. Uh, I would say the same about Jonathan Marcheseau, too. Uh, if they're willing to trade him, I think the Devils would be interested, but I'm not really sure that they are. So 
Um, it'd be interesting White to see who sense. helps Vegas. What was that? I said White Cloud, uh, money-wise and youth-wise, uh, makes a whole lot of sense from Neil earlier. Oh I yeah, hundred percent. The cap hit and the time and the age is perfect. Um, I just think uh, Pacioretty at his age, you know, kind of like similar to Paul Mary's case, um, it's going to be a little bit more uh, higher risk than reward. Mm -hmm. um, will come give or take or trade. So yeah. I think Fitzy is going to probably avoid Vegas. Yeah, I agree. Um, unless they give him a very good deal. Yeah, I agree. I don't see um, – I don't know. I guess it depends what contract they'd be willing to give up. I think Riley Smith only has like two years left on his deal, so that's why maybe – I'm going to look that up. I'm pretty sure. It's, I'm actually on there. So. I think with I think, yeah. with, I think with any guy, any guy that has a certain – you know, a decent amount of – you know, term left on their deal. I think that Vegas is going to have to settle with the reality of they have absolutely no say in any negotiation that they make with any single team. Yeah. Two more seasons for Riley Smith. Two more seasons. Two more seasons. Yeah. So and I could see that being appealing to the Devils because he's only got two seasons left and he's really, I, he's still really good. So I don't think it'll be the Devils that'll call Vegas. I think it'll be the other way around. I think yeah, it's Vegas will Vegas call, calling will call us. Fitz, right? Yeah. I think they'll call Fitz and they'll ask him what appeals to him, and then yeah. go from there. And I think that you know the Devils made it clear that they didn't want to be a you know a salary dump team. They didn't want to just right. take people's contracts and go from there. Um, you know, with Johnson, that's a different story. He's a young player that has term, and it's not a bad cap hit at all. It's like what four million, five million for the next. Less, it's three and a half, it's like three point four million. Nothing. They yeah. called us, they, you know, Toronto called it a salary dump because they had to dump his salary, even though it wasn't that much. For the Devils, it wasn't a salary dump. So, if the Devils were to take on someone's big contract, you know, let's say, you know, Pacioretty, Vegas is going to have to pay some of that. It's not going to like the Devils are going to be like, we're not taking it full, full heartedly, unless you're willing to give us also a first round pick yeah for like nothing. i think for patcheretti the the devils are not gonna take that entire contract with they're not gonna take the entire salary on but like for someone riley smith who only has two years left and i think his cap is like around five million dollars or something like that i think they would take on the full salary i don't think they have an issue with that it also lower the value of uh acquiring smith so mm -hmm. if i mean vegas has to think here with the cap trouble they have are do they have a a realistic a realistic chance of re-signing riley smith down the road and the answer to that is right now is probably no so not. maybe they're like all right well we're just going to cut our ties here and get something in return for him yeah. because we know we got no shot at re-signing this guy so right. i don't and know i've always liked riley smith i wrote about him a year ago when vegas was trading um had cap problems back then the devils okay. ended up getting gusev at the time mm -hmm. i could see riley smith being a target for them if he's available right. so well, I think was, he makes a lot of sense for the Devils. The whole reason that Gusev became available and that the Devils jumped on it was the fact that, like you mentioned, Alex, that Vegas was in cap situation and they knew they probably weren't going to be able to pay Gusev what he was asking for, even just the two-year deal that the Devils gave him. Um, so, again, they're going to be in much more difficult trouble now and they're going to be in difficult, a difficult position for the next couple of years um, as their main core of guys get older. You know, let's be honest. Robin Leonard is not that is not that young. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury is not that young, nope. and I know they want to move Fleury, and I know probably Fleury wants out. 
considering all the factors that have been put out there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, they, if they try to buy out anybody, it would be a very bad idea because that will only create more problems for them. So I think that they're going to be in a situation where they're going to have to take very little back in any move that they make, regardless of who it is. So if they move Pacioretty, if they move Nate Schmidt, if they move Riley Smith, if they move White Cloud, they're not going to get anything decent back. They're going to get like low first round picks and maybe a, a low tier prospect. You know what I mean? They're not going to get anything that would say, oh, Vegas still was able to get something out of it. No, it's more of the fact that, you know, it's going to be like that. And, and getting a guy like Pacioretty wouldn't necessarily help with what Fitzgerald said he wanted to do, which was to make this team about Nico Heashier and Jack Hughes development above everything else. Uh, Pacioretty at this point, in his career would be more in the win now scenario. He would rather go somewhere and maybe he gets bought out. Maybe he gets traded somewhere and gets bought out and then can just sign a one, two, three year deal with a cup contender that has a decent amount of cap space. Um, but, you know, someone like Nate Schmidt, it could be the same thing. It's not like anybody that Vegas would be offering is somebody that would fit the timeline that the Devils at least put for themselves as to where they see fit. The only guy that I mentioned before that makes sense is White Cloud because White Cloud would fit the age group and considering the money he's making now in the term, it would all fit for what the Devils are trying to do. Plus, I think White Cloud would be an upgrade on the defense regardless of where he's put. Yeah. I mean, White Cloud, is, he looked pretty good in the playoffs. And I don't think he's anything more than like a number four or five defenseman, but he could be like that third pair, you know, kind of guy for the Devils who kills penalties. And, and he'd probably be a pretty good partner for Ty Smith if they decide to play him on the left side. Or if Will Butcher is playing on the third pair, um, I think that'd be a pretty good match. I just, I don't know. Does he even have a seven figure cap hit? I, I feel like he probably wouldn't be helping wow. out Vegas's. Uh, cap situation too much so yeah it's going to be interesting to see what they do um they don't have a ton of options i we think because keep, of the internal caps that we'll keep our eye on over the next couple of days because they if, if they've already announced basically that petrangelo is coming they have to make moves quickly yeah well, quickly. yeah so it'll be interesting to see so they might make a move in the next two hours probably who knows yeah so we'll see yeah. shall we uh shall we All move right, on so, to the devil yeah, now before we yeah. move on I just got an update from Zoom. Yeah. yeah. It says running, I saw out, it. running out of time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so no, we, it's, it's so we'll, we'll talk about something for the next like four or five minutes and then we'll, we'll wrap this one up and then we'll, we'll no, just we're, we're good. Yeah. Okay. I saw he added minutes. So we're oh, good. He added minutes? Oh, good. I saw there was unlimited. All yeah. right. Great. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's move <laughs> on. So. Let's just keep going. All right. So, I guess, do we want to, before we guess, we can really dissect. We did the draft stuff, but we can. We can talk about it again, but we can save that for the end. I guess first order of business, I guess, would be breaking down the Ryan Murray trade. Oh, okay. yeah. For, for a fifth, like for a fifth round pick, like I was surprised. I thought the Devils were going to have to maybe give up a roster player potentially to get Ryan Murray. I know um, former second overall pick 2012, I believe it was. Yeah. They got an average. And then, you know, he – he came on, you know, hot to start his career, and then he kind of died off a bit. I mean, injuries haven't really helped. It's just a matter of Ryan Murray if he can stay healthy. But when he's when he's healthy, like 
he is a top four defenseman. And then at worst, he plays on your bottom pair, which isn't also a bad thing because, I mean, he's, he'd be great to have as in your defensive core, even if he is on your bottom pair. But I think he's going to – you're going to see him either play on the top pair with P.K. Subban or you're going to see him play more on the second pairing with Damon Severson, which I think is probably going to be the more logical route they go. Yeah. But – I. I do see that. It's. I mean, what do you guys think? Like, I thought the doubles got a steal for a, especially for. A I, I yeah. thought that was. I thought that was like Costco size bargain. You know what I mean? <laughs> you yeah. got great, excellent value for 2021 fifth round pick already for a top four pairing defenseman. I mean, one and two, three and four out of five and six. I would take that any day of the week. Yeah, that was a really good trade. Uh, I would have never yeah, – you, you never heard, like, Ryan Murray's name that he was available or anything like that. But I guess when you looked at his contract situation, they only had a year le- – he only had a year left on it, and Columbus is trying to make some other moves. They were in on Taylor Hall, apparently, but, you know, that didn't work out. Um, I think they're in on Mikhail Granlin as well. Uh, Probably I saw Hoffman this morning. Well, I would imagine. Yeah, I think – yeah, Hoffman would be one guy that I think they'd be interested in, so – yeah, I mean, getting Ryan Murray for a fifth-round pick is uh, it's a pretty sweet deal. It's like Jake said, though, like health is the, the issue with him. Um, if he's only played in 60 games or more once since the 2015-16 season. So, um, yeah, if you can get – I think if you're the Devils, you'd be happy if you got like 60 games out of him going forward because of his back problems. Um, but when he's in the lineup, he's a top, top pair, even defenseman. Yeah. I mean, he's really good in transition, too which is something the Devils have struggled with from uh, their blue line in recent years. They don't really have defensemen who are great in transition other than Butcher and Severson. So I think he's going to help a lot in that regard as well. And he's just an all-around solid two-way defenseman that they haven't had in a while. And, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely an improvement from what they had before, that's for sure. Yeah, I was was surprised considering the fact – number one, that Ryan Murray was available, and number two, that it cost the Devils very little to nothing. I mean, you know, I don't think that fifth-round pick, you know, is going to be something that we're going to regret down the road. You never know. But, you know, when Ryan Murray was talking with the Devils, um, you know, on their media veil a couple days ago, he said that he felt the writing was on the wall, that at this point in his career, considering where the Blue Jackets were going, that he was probably going to get moved. Um, Also, the fact that Columbus has been – you know, trying very hard to get a top six winger. Uh, you know, they tried Hall, it didn't work out. Uh, they could still very well be trying to acquire Patrick Line if that's still a thing. I don't know. I haven't heard anything from it. But um, I was talking with somebody who is a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, and he said that talking about it from the Devils' perspective is that you'll love it as long as he's healthy and be indifferent if he's not. So it's one of those things where if he stays healthy – will be very happy to have him on the team and he'll contribute uh, very well. If he doesn't, it's not going to be the end of the world because if he doesn't do well, the Devils just won't bring him back. And maybe they move him at the deadline if there's somebody there. Um, He also said that a fifth rounder is a steal for him, but given the importance of cap, uh, you know, Columbus is okay with it. Um, And apparently the Chicago Blackhawks were very interested in acquiring him last this past deadline for a second round pick, but Columbus didn't want to do it. Um, so unfortunately they kind of got less value for this guy than what they 
possibly could have gotten to the deadline. But I like that, you know, he's, you know, Fitzy did this because it also gives the Devils an excuse to have one of their younger defensemen take a little bit more time to develop, give them an extra year to, you know, develop wherever they may be, whether it's in the minors or it's still in juniors, whatever the case may be. But I still think that there's probably two spots left on the defense that need to be filled, whether that's trading for another defenseman. Um, I don't know who's available as a free agent. Uh, I, I'm actually scared to wonder who's a free agent. Um, Honestly, I would care less about the free agency. Uh, speaking of young and developing, uh, the KHL just had, how did Mikhail Vorobiev uh, known that 18-year-old Shakir Muhammad Dulin uh, was back there, remains a mystery, and he scored a goal 10 hours ago in yeah. the KHL. So, boys, we got ourselves a nice, young 20th overall pick who's going to start to pan out, gain some muscle. When he does come over from the KHL, maybe goes to bingo, maybe comes to the NHL route. Because we have Ryan Murray – developing you know these kids for at least two years on that contract yeah it buys them time so this is good yeah but, uh, bottom, bottom line with ryan murray is simply that this is a low risk um i don't know if you call it high reward maybe call it middle reward yes uh, you know yeah. he's just kind of like it, it's one of those moves that's just going to help with the depth of the defense um and one of the things that ryan murray does very well is actually play the position that he's supposed to be playing which is defense He's going to help out from the defensive standpoint a lot more than the offensive standpoint, um, which is good. Just help. And again, this just this was a move that you know went by with what Fitzgerald was saying. He was trying to build this team for the future and also to try to compete, you know, to an extent and just be competitive uh, now. So um, it, it was a good move. Didn't cost very much. Um, certainly not the move that I was expecting, uh, but you know, it's still a very solid move nonetheless. Yeah, it's all about asset management, near and long term. So let me put it this way. So I'm just lo I'm looking at the cap hit for basically this year. So you have everyone from Nico all the way down to Jesper Bratt, mm -hmm. um, who are currently under contract, and you know one of them is a restricted free agent. Um, that's only adding up to thirty two uh, million three hundred thirty eight thousand three hundred thirty three dollars. Um, defenseman. P.K. Subban to Murray to Severson, Butcher, Carrick, um, over $22,999,999,000 uh, uh, $999, Okay, so let's call it $23 million for defense. Um, that defense just got a little bit younger, but the Devils um, are still pretty stable contract-wise um, for the next one or two years. Um Goaltending, you know, as long as we get um, Blackwood locked in as our fate, I think he's going to get three-year bridge deal. Um, at least four and a half million is what I think he's going to get. Yeah, I think that I think like Alex pointed out, I think on Twitter um, shortly after it happened that the Tristan Jari contract with Pittsburgh is probably going to be where the Devils are kind of looking to go here with Blackwood. Three years, yeah. you know, three point nine four. 4.2 million around that area but yeah that's that's about the area i think where fitzgerald and the devils are going to look at yeah i'd be surprised if his deal wasn't basically the same as tristan jari's i would think it's pretty it could be the exact same thing honestly what i like is that the devils have made it clear that blackwood's the number one guy 
Yes. You know, they, 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 they didn't, you know, excuse, excuse my language, but they didn't dick around and try to, you know, take Askarov at number seven or move up in the draft to try to take him. Uh, you know, they ended up still taking a young goaltender, nonetheless, in Nico Dawes. But at the same time, it's been made very clear and very public that Mackenzie Blackwood is the goaltender of the future. Um, and bringing in, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a minute, but bringing in a guy like Corey Crawford is more of a message of we're actually trying to give you insurance to help you out, to bring in a goalie that we feel comfortable with that could play 30 games while you, and you don't have to play 40, 50 games next season and possibly start to regress at a very young age. So that's what I like. And I agree with you, Alex, 100% that the Tristan Jari deal is going to be probably what the Devils are going to look at and go for. And I don't think, you know, Blackwood would be against it. The other thing that's interesting is that all the Devils RFAs, none of them filed for arbitration, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, They're the only None of them have arbitration rights, have. so they, they don't have that power to them right now, so... Um, yeah, that would be that'd be why it's a good thing they don't have to do arbitration can get kind of messy, so it's good that they didn't right. have that they don't have to deal with that this offseason. So, there, so I think the Devils, um, I think right now, uh, Fitzgerald is still probably focusing on improving the team for the now. Um, he may not be done, you know. I, I think that by the time we get closer to training camp, you know, Brett and Blackwood will most likely have some sort of a deal done. I don't think that the Devils are going to wait around um, very long to do this. I think Fitzgerald probably told both of them that they were going to get a deal done, uh, but he wanted to do some other things first. And I think that that's why it's been kind of a smooth sailing ship as of right now, that you know nothing is happening. Um, and as far as Paul Mary's situation, uh, you know, Jake brought up, you know, if, if, you know, if we're at the deadline and Paul Mary's there, you know, you move them. I would say it this way. You have to look at where are the devils at, at that point next season? You know, what exactly is being offered? And also how Paul Mary's doing is doing as well. If Paul Mary's your best player, if he's like on pace for another 30 goals, but you're not getting a decent amount of offerings for him at the deadline, it, it may just not be worth doing, especially if Paul Mary has said publicly that he really wants to be a devil long term. And I don't, bl I don't, I don't, I'm not against it either. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll say, we'll say. But going back to the to guess, kind of wrap up the Ryan Murray situation, it's a good move. Um, and if it doesn't work out, we can either just leave it. Well, can't really do that because he's a free agent, but we could just let him walk and you know, no harm, no foul. Yeah, before we before we get into the Corey Crawford thing, I'm just gonna I want I just want to read a couple tweets here regarding the Petrangelo Vegas situation. Uh, Chris Johnson just tweeted like four minutes ago. Uh, Believe Vegas Golden Knights will have to make a corresponding move before officially papering and registering Alex Petrangelo's new contract because they're available summer salary cap space. And I retweeted uh, Cap Friendly 22 minutes ago, and they said. Uh, our assumption is that the co contract was signed after 5 p.m. Eastern and therefore will not be officially registered by the league until tomorrow. This would then buy Vegas some additional time to make the necessary space required to accommodate Petrangelo's AAV under the cap. 
So, so there's a good chance that a move is going to be made within the next couple of hours. All right. So I guess we're not sleeping tonight. I guess we're not sleeping unless the devils aren't involved, which then I'm. Yeah. But even then, I'm kind of interested to see how it all plays out. So, but I'm, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's happening in the next 24 hours. So, yeah, something's going down. I'm talking talking with the guys at the Hockey Pod Network uh, that that I work with, and we're all, we're all like, yeah, we're all staying up late tonight. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> see what's gonna happen here. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like Joe, Joe, Alex, and I are gonna be probably talking till about probably between eleven or twelve at this rate. At yeah, the rate this is going, we're not getting any sleep, so might as well stock your fridge. <laughs> I, I hope we, I hope we wrap this up and finish this 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 podcast before anything happens because I got you know, I, I'm not ready to stay up till twelve thirty or one talking about three moves that were made within the next, you know, three, four hours. But I, I would, considering you brought that up, I would probably expect um, Vegas to make some move or two within the next couple of hours. I mean, we're all, we're all biased here and we're all fans of this team. So, I mean, we have a bias towards the Devils. Like, let's not, let's not forget that. Like, yeah, of course. But we have, we have the cap space to take on somebody. So it's one has to assume that we have to be one of the teams that might be most likely to take on somebody from Vegas. No. Again, it all depends on does the guy that we're getting from Vegas, whoever that is, is he going to fit in with what we're trying to do long term? Bringing in a guy like Pacioretty is not necessarily something that would say it's going to help us down the road. Oh, is Pacioretty going to still be the same player by the time the Devils are competing for a Stanley Cup? No, no not even close. And that's a lot of money to take up. Um, Joe, I think you have – don't you have their cap situation up in front yes, of you? Yes, I actually can do that right now. What is um, what is Pacioretty – just remind me what Pacioretty's contract is at this point. Like what exactly Pat, – what is – Okay, so Patches is locked up until the end of the 22-23 season – uh, that's $21 million for the next, uh, total three years. What is so, his AAV? What's his, yeah. What's 7 million. 7 million. And he's what? 32? 31. Going to be 32. See, that's, you know, 7 million for a dude that's in his early thirties. I mean, we, we, we paid a crap load. We have, we're already paying a crap load to PK Subban who's in his thirties. And so, you know, do we, you know, do we want to, do we want to do that again? Do we feel comfortable doing it? I mean, if we give, if we're taking on half of his salary and make giving him only four, you know, I'm more okay with it. But you know, Riley Smith, I like, I like where Alex is thinking about Riley Smith. I think that would make more sense. Um, Riley Smith isn't in his 30s yet, is he? He's 29. 29. So he, so again, he, uh, again, he also kind of gets out of that range because again. You know, Fitzgerald made it clear, you know, 26 or younger with some amount of, you know, control. Vegas doesn't really have anybody that fits into that. Um, Other than White Cloud and Nicholas Wah. Yeah, yeah, but either one of, yeah, but neither one of them is making anything. Yeah. It wouldn't, it, it I mean, they would have to be money. included in the deal. Like, it would have to be something like the Devils get Pacioretty and also White Cloud. Like that would have to be the sweetener in order for the Devils to be okay with taking on seven million over the next two, three years for Pacioretty's contract. So or maybe they have to throw in that Devils second round pick that they use in the Goosev trade. 
Right, right. They got yeah. They just re reacquire it back. But um, right, so like Corey Crawford guys, like what do yeah. you? Let's let's go. Let's get on to Corey Crawford. Um, another another deal that was made at ten o'clock at night because I couldn't, you know, <clears throat> just when I was yeah, like, on my does, phone. Does, does Fitzgerald just wait for all these other GFs to go to sleep? Yeah, if Fitzgerald's going to make a deal with the Golden Knights, it's going to be at like eleven thirty. Yeah. It's going to be late. Like, we're not even going to be, like, ready for that. <laughs> we caught completely off guard. But I like I, – I mean, I like the Corey Crawford deal because it's a two-year deal for a guy who has Stanley Cup experience. You know, his age is certainly something that is concerning. You wonder how much left does he have in the tank. He proved a lot uh, during the bubble, you know, during his time in the bubble. Uh, that what, what was it, game four, where he made something like 50 saves against the Vegas Golden Knights, played really well. Um if the devil's defense is improved, uh, which, you know, I think it has improved, you know, remains to be, but it, it, still, it still remains to be seen because we have to see how Lindy Ruff does with this team. Um, you know, Corey Crawford could be a really solid veteran backup for the next two years. And if he's still playing at a pretty solid level, he can compete with Mackenzie Blackwood and make him that much better. Um, so, you know, I actually thought considering when, you know, the day started on Friday, I actually thought that the Devils were going to end up with Marc-Andre Fleury, considering what I was hearing. I was yeah. hearing the Devils were talking to Vegas about trying to acquire Fleury, which I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. We could just, you know, leave him open in the expansion draft after one year if it doesn't, you know, if the parties don't agree with each other. But signing Corey Crawford, I thought, was actually a pretty small, pretty solid, low risk, um, you know, also another, like, you know, Joe was explaining before, kind of a medium type of reward you know he could play 30 games and give Blackwood more rest than he's gotten uh recently so I think it was a solid move and uh the fact that he grew up a Devils fan doesn't really hurt either no I think I think it's good because I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna go in on this one because this is this is my area to talk about with the goaltending um I thought I was I was happy with it. I honestly I thought New Jersey was going to do something because we all know it's Devils fans. The Devils are always do a move where you're like, really? Like, are you kidding me? Like, what were you thinking? But like when I seen the Corey Crawford sign, I was ecstatic. Like, because you know, Schneider's not wasn't the goalie that he used to be. And then, you know, now having Crawford, you have basically a one a or one B, whatever you want to call him. You know, Corey Crawford can start games and play stretches. So if Blackwood struggles, you know, you can throw Crawford into the net consistently. And you know, he's probably going to give you most nights a really solid effort in net. Yeah. He might let the odd soft goal in a game. He's known for doing that every now and then, but what goalie also isn't. So yeah, not, not every hockey player is perfect. So, I mean, like for crop for the Devils, I think it's great because now you take the pressure off of Mackenzie Blackwood because you started to see sort of down the stretch during the season, even though we weren't doing very good, is Nazardine had to lay off playing Blackwood as much down the stretch there, even though we weren't you know challenging for a playoff spot because he was probably getting exhausted. Yeah, I mean, you and don't want to run a goalie into the ground. No, and Schneider was so bad. The Devils were basically forced to play Blackwood on back-to-back -back nights when they were playing. And most times, teams playing a back-to-back, -back, unless you're battling for a playoff spot down the stretch, 
you're playing your backup goalie one of those nights. So, I mean, now it's now it's nice knowing as a fan we can go back to having you know Blackwood start one game, Corey Crawford start the other game. If one struggles, the other can ride it out for a bit and you know help the team out. And I, I think Corey Crawford, you'll you'll find when he plays, I think you're gonna find he's gonna steal the devil some games. Yeah, he's, honestly. He's, He's underrated for his age. Like, you know, people think he was overrated because he was playing in Chicago. That's why he was no. good. But I don't think so. I think Corey Crawford's actually a really good goalie. He just – maybe not what he was, you know, a couple years ago when he led the Hawks to a couple Stanley Cups, but – Yeah, you know, like – So, he's still going to be a solid goalie. He's going to be – he's, he's a good pickup for the Devils, especially at that money. And then you saw Thomas Grice get paid, et cetera. But I would rather Corey Crawford over, you know, a lot of these guys' backups that we're signing – I'm just glad the Devils didn't acquire James Reimer. Like, as, oh, good as, oh. as good as Carolina's goaltending was, I watched James Reimer enough when he was up the road here, and he's not as good as everybody makes him out to be. He's not. You don't like Optimus Rhyme? No, <laughs> I don't. The only person I think in the NHL that still likes him is probably Steve Dangle. He's probably the only <laughs> <laughs> he was just doing what about Andreas Janssen uh I think yesterday did he, up, did he get upset was he upset about it I'm sure he was he, I'm sure I saw him go bonkers after all the signings and then he goes on to rant about Joey Anderson and then Andreas Janssen and Rachel Dory and this and that it was, just, it was funny to see how he brought up like pay like for when 40 million of your cap is to like four players that's what yeah. happens. You give way too much money to people and you end up fighting, the, you know, end up having to give up assets. And this is what Vegas has to do. Vegas has become the, the, the Toronto of the West. That's what they become. Yeah. By doing what they just did. Alex, what do you, what do you think on the Corey Crawford thing? I love it. I mean, I wrote about the, the free agent goaltenders, the hockey writers uh, about a month ago now. And Corey Crawford was on my list. And I think of the guys available um, between Crawford, Grice, Hudobin, and who's the other guy? Cam Talbot. Uh, Crawford was my favorite. Um, you know, people like you said, people like want to say he's overrated because he played on the Hawks, but the Blackhawks defense has been a, a dumpster fire for like three seasons, and he was still making saves at a high level. Um, they gave up. The Blackhawks, I think, over the last three seasons, at least the last two seasons. Uh, given up the most expected goals against per 60 minutes in the league at five on five and Crawford was still making saves. He has the third highest uh, high danger save percentage over the last three seasons in the NHL. Uh, he's, he's just still a really good goalie. And um, I mean, there's, there's really like, I don't want to say there's no downside to the, the signing, but uh, I mean, I think I don't think the Devils could have done better. I know a lot of Devils fans wanted Thomas Grice, but Crawford's a better goalie than Grice still. And um, there's going to be a significant upgrade in net for the Devils next season. Like last season, anytime a goalie that not named Blackwood made a start for the Devils, you were like, oh, well, this is probably a loss. So yeah. that's not going to be the case with Corey Crawford. They're going to have a chance on most nights when he starts too. And even if the, the team has an off night, you know, here and there, Crawford could step in and maybe like pull one out where they don't really deserve to win. So, yeah, it's a big upgrade. I don't, I really don't think the Devils could have done a, a better job. Uh, even if they were to get a, a sweetener for Flurry, I don't think that was the right 
that would have been the right move on their part. I think Crawford is the, the best they could have done. And yeah, it's a pretty good 1A, 1B to have with him and Blackwood. I mean, we also got another one and we brought Scott Wedgwood back. Yeah. I don't know if you guys would agree, but I, I would say that I think Wedgwood has probably gotten better since he left New Jersey, yep. which I mean, look, he went to Arizona and, yeah. you know, it didn't, you know, you knew he wasn't going to be that long. Uh, now he's going to be, his name's going to be on the Stanley cup, which, you know, I get, I think that's the case. Cause I think he was, I think he played one game. He was dressed. Yeah, he was dressed. <laughs> this is the I'm bad. sure, I'm sure there's some sort of implications before that thing gets submitted yeah. to Montreal in the, but in that you know, metal look, if Crawford doesn't work out, you know, one of the things that they could do is expose him in the expansion draft or they could trade him because he doesn't have, he doesn't have a no trade clause the first year. And then he has a 10 team, no trade clause in year two. Um, and he's making only about what, 4 million in year two, like not even making that much. Um, and Wedgwood is just a guy that could obviously give us some depth and also just a little bit of talent, I would say to improve the minor league team as well. Um, and if things don't go well with, with Crawford, Wedgwood, I feel like, would be a, a solid backup. And I think Wedgwood's only, like, what, 26? He's not that young. He's not that old. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, I think that's more just an AHL signing. He, he doesn't have, He hasn't really played too much in the – he hasn't really played too much in the NHL, I think, since he was with the Devils. So – and plus there's the Gilles – then who still, I think the devil probably value him a lot higher than they still have uh, Schmied. They still have Schmied. Schmied. Uh, Schmied. Schmied. Yeah, Schmied's still in the USHL though. So right. and then they got and Nico Dawes, um, you know, Cole Brady, guys like yeah. that. You know, just mm-hmm. they have a lot of options. Um, but I mean, I think for just the, the devil OG fans, I think that they're just happy to have him back. Um, regardless, <laughs> talking about it from Wedgwood's perspective. Um but the Corey Crawford signing is a good one. And honestly, I think he's actually going to perform very well. If the Devils defense can block a few more shots than they usually do. Even if their defense doesn't improve that much. I mean, he was playing behind the league's, one of the league's worst defense, if not the worst defense in the Blackhawks. So I think he can, he can handle it. And I, I would think even if the Devils defense doesn't improve that much it's still going to probably be better than what he was dealing with with the Blackhawks so yeah I'd feel pretty good about him still being to perform at a high level one of the things I I think it's important is that they they tighten up on their giveaways and they tighten up and increase their uh, takeaways over giveaways because last year there were a bunch of guys you know that were moved you know through free agency and guy and a guy another one that was traded away who gave up too many pucks mm. uh, just like you know when Simmons was one of them Hall you know last year gave up too many uh scoring chances to opposing teams yep. I think this team's going to be a little bit tighter I would hope to see uh, Lindy Ruff and whoever's going to be running the defensive side of things would teach them to be a little bit more careful, but not too careful to the point that you're so conservative that you lose possession because the other team's coming for you. So that's what I was checking um, last night. Kind of like hockey reference, uh, just checking those stats. I was like, okay, well, I can see Jack Hughes flipping those numbers of uh, takeaways and giveaways ratio and get the 
get the, get the giveaways part to be lesser than. And so if he can do like 25% less of the giveaways, um, he'll be a much better off uh, top center, which I think is important because you increase your offensive and defensive capabilities as a team. Good point. Yes, I, I got nothing to go on about yeah, that. You nailed that. Yeah, no, I got nothing to say about that either. So. Uh, that was more of just what we've been all what we're all hoping for. Um, and the Devils still have to find another assistant coach. Um, I'm still big on Sergey Gonchar. Um, if he's still there, I think he's still available. I don't recall. Yeah, I don't think anyone's hired him yet. Um, I mean Pittsburgh but, ties, Fitzgerald. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and then also you're hearing about, you know, the Devils might probably announce that they're going to get a goalie coach with the next couple of days, considering what I'm hearing. But then they want to create what I guess they called it a goalie development. Yeah, they want to. Yeah, they want to change up the way they have their whole goalies thing structured. So I didn't I don't remember the, the quotes off the top of my head, but yeah, they're talking about Clemson and Marty working together. Yeah, they would kind of like head – I guess they would head the department a little bit, and then they'd have like an NHL goalie coach under them. And then I guess have their own separate that would work to even like working with Binghamton too. So That's really interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's – teams have changed a lot the way they, they structure their development uh, programs and I guess strength and conditioning as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if – you know, goaltending wasn't the only thing they kind of changed with their development structure. I think they might want to have forwards make some, yeah, make some more additions to their development department for defensemen and forwards, but that might come at a later time. I don't know if anything's imminent there. This is just me guessing, by the way. I don't have inside no, no, information. No. So I was going to um, say something similar about like how Marty, I believe, was, you know, probably getting a little tired of the hockey offside and. I think they're going to like, I know with the John Chaka thing, they trying to have to wait a few years because they have to obey certain, you know, procedures through the NHL. They're still, they still want to bring him in. Yeah. But on a lower level to work with like analytics and stuff like that, you know, I would say for a few years and then you promote them up to hockey ops, but you should have someone who should be temporary replacing uh, Marty spot as hockey ops and have him work the business side. Unless otherwise. Well, wasn't that what Marty was hired to do originally? He was originally yeah. hired to just be on the business side of things. And then things kind of got out of control because of what was going on in the front office when Shiro was still here. Um, you know, I wouldn't, you know, if, if that's the case, then I, I don't put it, I don't put it past him. I don't think Marty ever wanted to come back to New Jersey to be involved with the team per se. I think he wanted to learn more of the business side because, you know, Sometimes guys just want to be more, you know, businessmen than really just continuing to be involved in the game itself. Um, I have one hot take about who I think should be offered an assistant coach job. Uh, Sergey Breland is still in the, is still with Binghamton. Um, mm -hmm. And I know he's not a defensive guy, um, but I would say that if you moved um, Elaine Nazardine to maybe work more on the defensive side and you put, um, Sergey Breland working more with the forwards uh, along with Mark Recchi, uh, I think that would actually be good. And I, and I think that Sergey Breland deserves an opportunity because he's been in the organization for so long. 
being a coach, being a development coach, I think he deserves an opportunity. Like, you know, we all thought that Rick Kowalski deserved an opportunity considering what he was doing when yeah. the team was still in Albany and he proved that he couldn't do it. Well, I think they should give um, Sergey Breland an opportunity. There's a- I think having Breland aside of, let's say you just talked about Mark Reckey would be a great, you know, mentor and having him along with that. And you have guys like Gusev and you have, uh, kids in the minors like Malsev and Sharon Govich who speak Russian. Um, and then you have um, Muhammad Dulin coming in years down the road, maybe three, four years. Who knows? Um, you got someone that is uh, bilingual speaking uh, Russian and English. And so yep. you're able to translate and help these kids assimilate. And sometimes they become men who become better performers on the ice. And, you know, you also have Patrick Eliash over in Czechia, who's um, doing a little bit of scouting along with that assistant coaching at the, the higher uh, national level for the Czech national team and having insight on guys like Yarmer Pitlick um, does a lot to help a franchise and having people with such close ties to the organization really benefit the team near and long-term um, growing together. So if you add Breland, as an assistant coach, you know, working with the forwards and, you know, have the other guy do a little bit less on the forward stuff and work on the defense, I think would be more beneficial now than ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think Sergey Breland deserves a shot. Um, so Andreas, so last night, obviously we made a tr- trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that last night or Saturday night? I don't even know Saturday. anymore. Saturday yeah. night, right? Saturday. Yeah. I had so to do an article on recording this on Monday. If any, if anybody didn't realize that already. <laughs> so Andreas Janssen for Joey Anderson. So what were your guys' uh, initial thoughts, Alex? You've you've been sitting there. You look like you're starting to doze off and fall asleep. <laughs> no, I'm good. It's what oh. time is? It? It's only eight o'clock. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just I'm focused. Only eight oh seven. We haven't we haven't gotten to the crazy crazy uh, trade moves yet. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, Andreas Johnson. I like him a lot. Um, he's not um, he's not like a standout like two way forward. Offense is really his thing. But uh, that's what the Devils are getting. That's what they brought him in for is to score goals and put up points. They're not asking him to go out there and kill penalties. I mean, I guess they could, but that's really not what the main reason they brought him in. Uh, he's a really efficient scorer at five on five uh, since coming into the NHL. He, he became a full-time NHLer in 2018, 19. And since then he's averaged 2.1 uh, points per 60 minutes at five on five, which is around, it's close to the top 50 in the league with forwards with a thousand minutes played at five on five. He's averaged 45 points per 82 games. So the offense is definitely there. Uh, I think they'll have, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, they'll have options where to play him in the lineup because he can play left or right wing. So that's always good. Um, for me, he's probably a second line forward. Uh, at best, I don't think he could play on the top line because uh, I just don't think he has the two-way game, but you never know. You have to try things. But I can see him on the second line with like Jack Hughes and Kyle Palmieri or something like that. Or you put Jesper Bratt down on that left wing there and you flip Johnson to the right wing with Jack Hughes. I mean, there's going to be a lot of options and 
he's definitely going to bring an offensive lift to the team that they were looking for. Um, he's, he's not going to turn them into the highest scoring team in the league, but their offense should definitely be a lot better with him on the roster. About earlier, um, when I was talking about players on a certain line with foot speed, I find that Andreas Janssen's speed, his foot speed, along with Jack Hughes's foot speed, perfectly match, kind of like how he matched the foot speed of Austin Matthews, which is a perfect sample size for me watching the highlights. And you can just see how he's effortless, uh, like gliding through um, his own zone and getting up the neutral zone from zero to 60 in that amount of mock. And to me, when I saw him uh, blocking a shot and taking up that lane, just like closing his own five hole on a, sh on a shooter. And then he turns it into a nice little breakaway. And he also finds really good ways to evade uh, defenders and get open and sneak in and do little tap-ins. But he also has really silky mitts. I mean, <laughs> He may not be a goal scorer, goal scorer, but he's the guy that will backhand, forehand a goaltender out of his pants. But I can see him playing with Jack Hughes. Yeah, I think that's a good point you made about foot speed. Um, that was a little bit of an issue with uh, not Hughes himself, but with his line mates last season. He was playing a lot with guys like Pavel Zaka and Wayne Simmons and um, I'm blanking out here, Miles Wood. Um oh. So, and, yeah, so when he did play with those guys, he didn't get the best results, but, you know, it's not really his fault because it's just not – those aren't wingers who are kind of complement his makeup as a player. So, um, yeah, Johnson is definitely that. Um, and you put him on a line with a defensively responsible winger like Kyle Palmieri, and I guess it can negate a little bit of the defensive issues you might have pairing Johnson and Hughes together, but – yeah, it's a good point about the foot speed. I think that's why he's a good fit with Hughes because he matches his kind of style. He's a skilled winger. This was definitely a guy that was rumored to be moved, um, not just with the Devils, but just room, rumored to be moved. In general. In general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that probably there were multiple teams that were interested in this kid. And you knew that once the, once the Maple Leafs made that move, if you guys remember when they traded Kasperi Kapanen mm -hmm. back to the Pittsburgh Penguins, you knew that they were going to have to make a bunch of more moves to, to you know, really satisfy, you know, getting cap space and, and making moves. Um, so Andreas Janssen is going to be, was going to have to be somebody that, you know, I'm sure the, the Maple Leafs didn't want to give up, but they had no choice uh, considering the money that he's making and the fact that they have to clear cap space. And the fact that they only had to give up, talking from the devil's standpoint, the fact that they only had to give up Joey Anderson, uh, a player of, you know, and I say this with the utmost respect because I was actually a pretty big fan of Joey Anderson, um, a guy that really didn't fit in with what the Devils were doing. I think that when he was given the opportunity, there were times where he would step up and he would be in the play and you would notice him. And other times he would just disappear for 30 minutes. Like you wouldn't even know that he was still on the bench. Um, and I'm saying that with, again, the fact that it wasn't fully his fault considering the situation that he was put into, considering the situation, a lot of these young players on this team, the last couple of years have been put into it's all but, about the coaching and being exactly. managed with the guys who are on your line. And exactly. there was a lot of dysfunction. 
Right. And so the devil's get a guy like Mango and he's he's a we have crow, we have a crow, we have a goose, we have a mango. mango. I don't know what else we have. At this uh point. crow. I yeah, he mentioned crow. that. Crow first. He got that in. But um, you know, we get a young player that he he, he even said, you know, Janssen was talking with Amanda Stein uh earlier today that you know, he didn't like the way the season went for him because he had an injury and because, you know, his production was not where he wanted it to be. So this is a motivated player that now is going to be playing with a young team. And a lot of people want to give him crap because they said, oh, look at who he was playing with uh, when he was doing all the things he was doing. He was playing with Tavares, playing with Matthews, playing with Marner, guys like that. And he's going to have, he's going to have a lot to prove. And I think that he's going to fit in seamlessly with this team. Otherwise, and look, even if it doesn't work out, let's be honest. The Devils didn't really give up anything for him. They, yeah, you know, yeah. It, you Joey reward for him. Is Joey Anderson going to be on the Maple Leafs roster in the first, you know, fourth line maybe? But most likely he's going to end up being with the Marlies. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> I think this was a move that is going to benefit the Devils wholeheartedly. Um, and I think he's, you know, whether he plays on the first line or not, which I don't think he will. I think that first line is for probably Brat, you know, considering. Um, but Janssen could just, you know, he could go on a tear early on in the season and he might get bumped up. Um, yeah. We have to just remember with all these guys, not just the new guys, but the guys that we still have, how are they going to mess with Lindy Ruff once training camp starts, whenever that is, and how they look? Because I don't even think we're going to have preseason. I honestly think we're just going to jump right into it. No, uh, there's going to be a preseason, I think, but I, I would say two games at the. Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I think they had said recently that training camp was they were planning on starting it like November fifteenth or something like that. So, and if there's targeting a January first for the regular season, it's a, then there's probably going to be some preseason action because you can't just jump into it if you're a team like the Devils well, who would have gone like a yourself. year without playing almost. So you can't do what the National Football League did. You can't do that. Yeah, because you're just asking you're asking for a lot of players to get hurt very early on in the season. But yeah, bottom line is that I like this move. I've liked basically every move that Fitzgerald has made because it's made with what he's been talking about and what he's trying to build this team around. He's been bluntly honest with where we are. And really, the expectation for Devils fans, and I'm just speaking with not just you guys, but everybody that's listening is simply that don't have an expectation that this team is going to do a 180 and all of a sudden we're going to be back in the playoffs. We're probably going to be more competitive. We might lose a lot more games by one goal. We might lose a lot of close games, but we're going to probably be competitive in a lot of the games that we play. And we're going to be a tough team to, we're not just going to be a pushover team. I think we're going to end up being a middle of the pack team, but we're going to, we're going to show a lot of good flashes of, of young, exciting hockey and bringing in an offensive veteran head coach like Lindy Ruff, who has, proven time and time again he can develop players into goal scoring uh, machines look what he did with uh tyler sagan and jamie ben he helped elevate their game maybe you know it's harder to say that considering how they did in the postseason this year but he elevated their game um so one of you guys brought up uh daniel briere i think it was you joe that brought that up um daniel briere and yeah i mean you're absolutely right and he took the Buffalo Sabres to the Stanley Cup, and I've said, who, who else has been able to do that since? 
or gotten close. So, I mean, this is my point. He's an offensive guy that was an assistant coach on the Rangers that was asked to focus on defense. That was not even close to what he was known to do. He was put into a situation that he couldn't win. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic in saying we have to give these guys an opportunity. So far, Fitzgerald has done a lot of good, very little to, to no bad at all. Um, there were a little bit of question marks with some of the draft picks, but that's going to come every year, no matter who you take. Uh, yeah. But it's all about the development of those players. And I think the moves that Fitzgerald made have shown that, that Fitzgerald wants to be competitive now and be ultra competitive in the future. I'll throw this in there. So you have Brat, you have Janssen, you also have Boakvist, and you're going to have a trio of Swedes I forget, motivated. I, I feel bad that I forgot play. he had Boakvist. I really feel bad that I, I – and did he have – I think he, he had – Don't worry about that. He has like five – he has five points in like two games. In the last like two games he's been playing, and apparently he's been on a tear from what I'm hearing. Oh, yeah, in the Ausfanskan? Yeah, I heard he's yeah. been – dominating when whatever yeah usually under 20 players usually play under the shl right in the offense and it's the same way with um arseny gritsyuk um who's playing in the mhl for anyone who's wondering what the hell i'm talking about mhl is for the under 20 players like where askarov came from and so if you're not in the the league, is that like the minor leagues for the shl that basically what that it's is ba- it's ba- it's basically the the tier below if okay. i can remember that properly right. well, that makes sense. Um, usually that's where like um Gundler came up from that's where okay. if i can remember if holtz came up from before they hit the shl and raymond okay so i mean that's you know look it's we have a lot of young players in, in our system not just who are you know going to be playing in the nhl next year but guys that are going to be given you know, a lot of good opportunities in the next two to three years. Um, and we have some guys that I think could step up that we don't even have expectations for. Like, you know, Muhammad Dulin, we don't, you know, for all we know, he could be a star defenseman. And we just got one of the best, you know, moves that, you know, this franchise has ever made. Um, it still was a surprise. I, don't, I, I think everybody here would agree that he was not on, the, <laughs> on any of our radars at pick 20. Um, yeah, you, you can look back to Joe's, Joe's spreadsheet, and I'm pretty sure Muhammad Dulin was not. No, in- no, Muhammad Dulin, I had to put in after pick 20 was made to be openly blunt and honest. No one got that pick right on our no. on the seven guys. No, no, no. no we were not close, but we nonetheless, did, we nonetheless. did nonetheless have one guy predict having um, what was that pick? God damn. It was, it was having. I think uh, a, one guy got a scar right at eleven. Oh, I think I, I think I, I think I said that. I think I said a scar, but I don't remember. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> I would say this, guys. Fitzgerald knows what he's doing. He's prepared for this opportunity for a long time. You know, he worked under Ray Shiro in Pittsburgh. He worked under Ray Shiro in, you know, with the Devils for several years. And there was a lot of people talking that Fitzgerald was one of those guys that need, needed to be given an opportunity. And I'm glad that the Devils jumped on it. I'm glad they didn't, you know, try to, you know, wait out as long, you know, longer than they should. And Fitzgerald has already proven this guy's a man on a mission and he's going to make this team better.
from top to bottom, whether it's on the first line, second line, third line, fourth line, you know, he's going to improve the team and create really good depth and really good talent from, you know, everywhere on this team. So I think that's something to, uh, to really give him credit for. Um, and I don't think he's done. I think there's more moves to be made. I mean, you still have to re-sign Blackwood and Brat. So there will definitely be more moves made before the season starts. Yeah, I think so too. Um, is there any other thing you guys want to touch on? Actually, the only thing else that I wanted to bring up that I would just, you know, ask you guys is what are your thoughts on Taylor Hall signing the one-year deal with Buffalo? Because <laughs> I'll be honest yeah. with you. Alex, Alex is laughing. Was, because um, he's he's going to pay more in uh, New York state taxes than he did in New Jersey. Well, that was the thing. Um, you know, I didn't, if you would have told me that when we trade, when the Devils traded Taylor Hall back last year or earlier this year, you had told me that he would have ended up signing with Buffalo. I would not have believed you. Um, this is my feeling. On, I'm just going to make my feeling and then you guys can go. Um, this move makes sense from Taylor Hall's perspective for this re for several reasons. One is that he gets to play with Jack Eichel where his stats will probably get, you know, increased tenfold. His stats will look a lot better because he's playing with Jack Eichel. Uh, number two is this. It's a one-year deal that he could be traded to a cup contender in the middle of next season and go somewhere and, you know, win a cup then. And then he could just go back to free agency when the cap is more, you know, more, you know, it, I mean, I don't know how much it's going to go up, but, you know, it'll go up somewhat, I would imagine. Um, hit a certain threshold of, of revenue. They said around 4.9 billion recently, which was like months sure. ago. So here's the thing. If I'm Taylor Hall, um, I'm betting on my knee, honestly, you know, he's not the same guy as he was, you know, in Edmonton and New Jersey before his injuries occurred. I think he's starting to slow down a little bit, but he still has the speed, but I think he has to get with it and work with uh, Jack Eichel and play on the same line with him. And because they all have some sort of a grudge with their own, you know, like teams and whatever, I think they'd be like, you know, not maybe the odd couple, but maybe they'll be like stepbrothers. They'll work better together. And if everything goes to the wet the bed in Buffalo, maybe both will get traded. Great minds think alike, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was I was a little surprised that he chose Buffalo because it's like it's like I guess the best way for me to put it, and I mean we're doing a hockey podcast, but you know, being a being a diehard Buffalo Bills, <laughs> Buffalo Bills fan, <laughs> I just have to ask. Like, until recently, like until like you know, Buffalo hired their coach and Sean McDermott, the Bills weren't relevant at all. And then obviously, you're seeing this year that they're showing that they can keep up now with the upper echelon teams of the NFL. But it's basically the same thing. Like, who wants to go to Buffalo? It's cool. <laughs> no. Nobody wants to go there. It's, I've been to the Bills games. It's a crappy town. The city is awful unless you go downtown and to, like, the stadium where the Bills play. But other than that, like, it's not good. Like, they're known for chicken wings. I mean, yeah. But 
when I seen that he signed with when I seen that he signed with Buffalo, I mean I was saying when Joe and Alex and I did sort of like a test run last night, I was saying That's why I started laughing. I was pissed off. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, I was mad because <laughs> you you played for us for three seasons. He lied to us when we did the when we did the series and stuff when we were over in Sweden that they had filmed. And, you know, Taylor Hall made a comment where he said, "I can't see myself playing anywhere else other than New Jersey. It feels like home." Okay, you know, <laughs> at the time I got a little excited. We all did. We all do, and we hear that from our star players. But you learn that I took it with a grain of salt, also because you know Zach Prize said the exact same thing. They all say what you want to hear and they don't really follow through with it. So I guess like Paul Mary could be the same thing. I don't think he will, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, I guess I, yeah, I was kind of pissed off because you said to devils fans, basically after we booed you and whatnot, because you weren't performing. I mean, it was deserved. He deserved to be booed. He wasn't performing. His attitude was showing on the bench that he was frustrated and he was causing problems, you know, in the dressing room. That was the rumors that he was having in Edmonton too. And things were going right. As he became, a, he became basically an asshole in the dressing room to, for around players. And it caused a cancer in the dressing room. That was the same thing here, but. I mean, I was I was a little frustrated because you said to our entire fan base that you wanted to go somewhere to win, and then we trade you to help you go on a playoff run, and you only made the playoffs because the league expanded the twenty four teams. Right. But you say your goal is to win a Stanley Cup, but why would you sign with Buffalo when somebody like Colorado offered you a contract? I mean, I would have took the less less money. He got less money for one year from Colorado than he did Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo gave him $8 million. I think Colorado only offered him four and a half or six and a half. It was six and a half. Right. Yeah, it was six and a half. I was, let let's, let's look at the facts on the ground about everything with Taylor Hall, especially because I, I've had a lot of people have different opinions of him um, from the devil's perspective. When Taylor Hall made that comment, the devils had just made the playoffs for the first time since 2012. And we were on the rise. If you remember that slogan Mm -hmm. that we all had to deal with on the rise. Um, Going into last year, the expectations were very high considering the moves the devils had made. Also the fact that Taylor Hall was going to be a, an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year was pressure. Taylor Hall's agent, and he did he's done this before, made it clear that he wasn't going to have Hall talk about or sign or discuss any sort of a long-term deal with the Devils until after the season. So the Devils right away were put into a situation that they didn't want to do. They probably would have rather signed him to a long-term deal and then made other moves afterwards so that they didn't feel the pressure of having to make moves just to, you know, convince Hall to stay long-term. Hall then ends up getting traded. And remember, Hall never asked to be traded. Hall just got traded. He didn't ask the Devils to be traded. And he got traded to Arizona because Arizona gave the Devils the best offer of anybody. Colorado did offer them something, but it wasn't to the Devils' liking. So Hall got traded to Arizona. We all knew the minute he got traded there, he's not going to go win a cup in Arizona. We no. knew that. Was he going to make the playoffs? 
it was 50-50. And then, you know, as you mentioned, Jake, they got in because of the, the 2014 playoff. Hall wanted to, for a long time, at least the way his agent put it out there, was that regardless of the fact that there was COVID-19, regardless of the fact that the salary cap was going to stay the same, he still wanted a long-term deal with a playoff contender, a Stanley Cup contender. Hall eventually got the realization that that was not going to happen. He was not going to get that from anybody. And I think the perception about Taylor Hall's on the ice is this. Taylor Hall is not a franchise savior. He is not your number one player. He is a nice piece to add on to a team that's already in a position to go win a cup. You know what I mean? He's like the last piece of the puzzle, if you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah. Looking So yeah. Paul probably looked at all of his options and, and probably the only options he had, because everybody says, oh, he had like 25 teams call him. Well, like there probably was only two teams that offered him anything. It was Buffalo or Colorado. And it was like, do you go to Colorado where you weren't going to be the first line left winger? You were not going to be that. And you were going to make very little money anyway. Or do you go to Buffalo where you're on the first line with a star in Jack Eichel, you make it $8 million. And guess what? Is there any pressure from Hall to go win with Buffalo? Absolutely not. So yeah. Hall made the decision that was best for him for one year. And oh, then sorry to cut you off. Nate Schmidt traded to the Vancouver Canucks for a third round pick. Oof. What a stupid trip. Vancouver's made so many wow. stupid moves today. No, that's a that's a really for a third round pick. That's that's pretty we legit. We could well, that's the only thing they've done right because the fact that they didn't even try to keep Tyler Toffoli or Stetcher. Thank you, Darren Dreger. It's just crazy. All right, well, here we go, people. All right, cool. So 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 that all right. So whatever, whatever. Alrighty. Well, anyway, uh, but my point basically with Hall and you know. I have no, you know, I have no bad feelings towards Hall. I appreciated what he did in New Jersey. I appreciated everything. It wasn't all his fault that it didn't work out. We had John Hines as, a, as the head coach, and that was the biggest problem. And that's the thing that the Devils have to blame. They have to blame themselves the fact that they allowed John Hines to go. So, you know, Taylor Hall could just chill in Buffalo for a year. Nobody's going to give him any pressure, and then – a year, a year from now, or less than a year from now, you know, he'll probably have a better opportunity, especially if his stats go up. You know, let's say he gets 30 goals and 40 assists, right? Let's say he has a 70-point season. There might be a team knocking that might say, hey, you know, we're interested in bringing you in. I Someone asked me who did I think Taylor Hall could go to. I mentioned Vegas on a one-year deal. Would have made sense. Now, now it wouldn't have made any sense considering what they just did with Petrangelo. I'd mentioned the Rangers. I'd mentioned that he could probably go there for a one-year deal, but I think the Rangers probably wanted to focus on getting guys like Tony D'Angelo signed. Um, and Strom. And Strom as well. Uh, but, you know, Taylor Hall gets to go to New York all, and, you know, it's, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Good for him. I hope he does well. Uh, I have nothing against him. I don't believe in the whole he's a locker room cancer thing. I think that was a hogwash. Um, and the Devils traded Taylor Hall. And, you know, Taylor Hall said he wanted, you know, this, you know, New Jersey feels like home. Well, 
if Taylor Hall wants to blame somebody for state for not being able to stay in New Jersey, blame your agent because your agent didn't want you to sign any long-term deal in New Jersey. And these players say these things all the time, but at the end of the day, hockey is hockey is a business. Exactly, Joe. It's a business. So Palmieri might say the same thing, and that's how it is. Look, completely different sport. Dak Prescott got hurt yesterday. Out for the year. Broken ankle. You know, Jerry Jones says, oh, we, we, we love Dak Prescott, and we fully expect him to continue to be a leader in this organization. But it's a business at the end of the day. There's still the possibility that they just might not give him any sort of money and let him walk, and that's the end of that. That's just how it is. Uh, loyalty is not a thing uh, that much in sports. Uh, you'd have to be very, very good and have everything go your way. And as the old saying goes, if Wayne Gretzky can get traded, anybody can Anyone. get traded. Yep. I think that's a perfect I think that's a perfect way to end the whole podcast right there. Yeah. There you go. Sounds good to me. All right, guys. So thanks for doing this. Obviously, now from now on, we're gonna be doing these Zoom uh podcasts. So now that we know how to do it. So you know, you guys have a great night and thanks you for too, coming man. on and let's go devils. Let's yep. go devils. Go devils. Take care.